Support for the show comes from Atlassian. With a new story about AI coming out seemingly every day, it can be hard to know what it all means for you and your job. Atlassian thinks there's a lot to be excited about in the AI-powered future. Even right now, Atlassian's AI-powered software can help you boost productivity by eliminating menial tasks, generating insights, and helping you find information about projects, policies, and processes. No matter if you're a team of two or two million, or if you're around the corner or on another continent, Atlassian software keeps everyone connected and moving together as one towards shared goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Support for Pivot comes from Pendo. Pendo improves the apps your customers and employees rely on. Whether you're building applications for customers or managing applications for employees, Pendo can help deliver better experiences for your users so they can get more value from your software. Visit pendo.io slash pivot to learn more about how your team can use Pendo to start building better digital experiences. There you can also check out Pendo's lineup of free certification courses, 12 hours of in-depth training for your product management teams on topics from AI to product analytics to product-led growth. That's pendo.io slash pivot to learn more. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And Daddy's rocking the City of Angels. What What are you doing there? The air is a little drier. The sun burns a little bit brighter. Mm-hmm. San Bernardino Mountains are a little more majestic when the dog's in town. I'm in L.A., Kara. I'm in L.A. Why are you in L.A.? Why are you allowed to go to California at all? But nonetheless, why are you there? You were there with me last time you were there. I was with you. Um, yes. I'm speaking at UCLA. My oh, right. I saw twice. that picture. That was nice. That was a nice Isn't picture. Isn't that nice? I walked yeah. on campus yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm meeting with the chancellor, who's easily the most important person that I know. Yeah. Um, and then I am headed to Vegas with a bunch of fraternity brothers. Oh, How no. cliche. Oh, no. How cliche. Really? Oh, Scott. Oh, I need to get a backup. I need to get a backup when you get canceled there. Ugh. What stays in Vegas does not stay in Vegas. Oh, you should plan on it at any time. We literally need someone in the wings. I am. I already am. I Oh, no. I have like, you know how people have apocalypse closets? I have a Scott Galloway uh, co-host closet <laughs> when Scott Galloway canceled. You know, Kara, I, uh, there's, I'm, I'm only being mildly, or I'm sort of being serious. Yeah. If you have people who love you and you're economically secure, you have an obligation to speak your mind and live your life, Kara. I know that. Number I one know. regret yeah. of people on their deathbeds, what? number one regret. Not being obnoxious. Is that, they didn't, <laughs> is that they didn't live the life they wanted to lead. They yeah. led a life that the world, I their parents, it. and society wanted I get them to lead. It doesn't mean you have to say stupid things. Like, for example, Joe Rogan talking about Pete Buttigieg. What a, what a horse's ass he has become. Well, I'm sorry. We're going from me going to Vegas to Joe Rogan's stupid comments? <laughs> oh, no. You're going to have a good time. Have a good time. That's what you call false equivalence in the uh, world I of understand. Georgetown journalists, I, I know. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Not that. You should do what you want. in and out Burger, UCLA. <clears throat> I went out. I was on. So we should talk more about me. So I was on the roof deck of the Astoria last night. A friend of mine is like a super agent. Yeah. And I met this really nice young guy who's starting some ridiculous startup. When I'm here, I don't give honest feedback. I'm you like, don't. that yeah. sounds like a great idea. Oh. <laughs> and then I met this woman who this really like a yeah. spectacularly hot woman. Yeah. I don't see looks, but someone told me she was spectacularly hot. Yeah. And she's an model and now she's an actress and that's not working out so she's thinking about writing and i'm like that's a great plan oh no that's a great plan don't do that i fly in here in and out burger everything is awesome good 
Good. I'd say bring me one back, but those have a shelf life of 15 minutes, including the the fries. You got to eat them right there. You want to eat that hot. You got to eat that stuff hot. I also went to Big Five Sporting Goods where I bought my first boogie board. Oh, Uh, wow. You're really going to town, aren't you? I love it here. I absolutely love it here. You know, I do too. I love Los Angeles. I am not one of the detractors. I love Los Angeles. I hate when people insult it. I'm like, good, leave. It's fantastic. In-N-Out Burger and hot people everywhere. What's not in the weather? The weather? It is a really fun place. I've always have good memories of Los Angeles. Ugh, so so we must move on to talk about actual things. So Facebook is getting a new name, apparently. I did a Twitter poll, just so you know. Nobody knows what it is yet. And even though Meta and Horizon are being bandied about as the possible names, they did not win. Mm-hmm. What won was this Zucks. What do you think? I still like Skynet. Really? I think they should <laughs> just call themselves Skynet. There's one called, I had so many suggestions from people. Death. You know, all, all you know, COVID nineteen. They had a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> I think it, I think it'd be hilarious. I think it would really show uh, some humor on their part because they yeah. they're coming across as total humorless fucks right yeah, now. Yeah, they are. I think they should announce they're changing their name to Tobacco. That would be Just funny. See what kind of response they get. <laughs> they have no sense Come of humor. On. This group of people does not have a sense of humor. Although I misspell, I put I I wrote a column that was somewhat eviscerating to Mark Zuckerberg, and I put the wrong name for one of the executives, and he was very funny. And he's finally talking to me, at least one Facebook executive, at least on Twitter, is talking to me. But we'll see what the name is. What is your? Okay, it's supposed to be either Horizon or Meta. Which one do you prefer? But it could be something else. I, like, I think they should follow after Kanye. Instead of calling themselves Yee, I think they should just say, we're Okay. Oh, okay. Just what about the name to OK. FB? It could be FB, I guess, right? Now, they'll do something around the metaverse. I think Meta's a great aim, name, and they own it. To me, that's yeah. that's the best name, yeah. except I can't imagine, like, like Meta Addiction, Meta, yeah. you meta know, douche. Meta Insurrection. I can't imagine the, the, yeah. the shit that's going to fly if they call themselves yeah. Meta. Okay. I don't know. Nobody will care. About I, I just think that Mark Zuckerberg should change his name to... Uh, Scott Galloway. Uh, it, no, inmate four three five one B. That's the name I'm hoping he gets. Very <laughs> that soon. is not happening. That is not happening. Just yeah, so, so you know. Right. But by the way, Facebook's not the only one. We should be focusing on all of them. Representatives from YouTube, Snap, and TikTok testified before Congress this week. A TikTok vice president mm-hmm. dodged question about the company's collection of biometric data. Problematic. Why do you need all of this personal data, especially on our children, which seems to be more? than any other platform collects. Senator, um, many outside researchers and experts that look at this have pointed out that TikTok actually collects less data um, than many of our peers. And on the keystroke issues. Outside researchers that you're paying for? No, Senator. The three companies agreed parents should be able to erase all online data of children or teens. Um, this is Congress is really zeroing in on kids. Um, uh, Google rolled out that feature uh, this week, but when it, they're zero on kids, but it's so wide ranging. I think that's what we have to keep in mind. They can't just say we've saved the teens of America and then move on. I hope they don't do that. Yeah, I've been I've been thinking a lot about this, and mm-hmm. um, I think in twenty years, Kara, I think we're going to look back on this era and we're going to think, okay, I think we'll have a lot of regrets. I think we'll say we probably should have broken them up sooner. We mm-hmm. should have regulated them. You know, we should have we should have paid more attention to the algorithms. Yeah, there's all so many things I think we're going to look back and regret. Mm-hmm. Hands down, I think our biggest regret and our biggest disappointment mm-hmm. will be the following. Okay. How did we let this happen to our kids? Oh, yeah. I think there's when the peer reviewed research comes out about what it's like 
to to have your full self thrusted in your face 24 yeah. by 7 to have no safe places with your family mm-hmm. to, to I used to in, in seventh grade where did you hide Scott Calloway well I used to like a lot of uh people I got I got bullied a little bit and mm-hmm. I, I and in some instances it was probably helpful in terms of negotiating and avoidance tech you know mm-hmm. skills you you establish skills but I remember not walking down the hallway after homeroom I'd go outside and around because Charles mm-hmm. Charles Mayfield and this guy named Don Peebles, who I'm pretty sure are both assistant managers at like Hyundai now. By the way, <laughs> okay. by the way, just check out the dog. Check out the dog. He's in LA talking <laughs> to actress, model, whatever's. Yeah. Anyways, but I don't think that's think necessarily that? a terrible thing. I do. But what if there are no hallways you can avoid 24 yeah. by 7? What I if someone agree. who decides to come after you, there's no escaping them. You yeah. do something stupid. There's no way to retreat to anything resembling mm-hmm. you're, you're constantly thrust in front See, of a mirror of your full self. Now I feel bad for little, little Scotty Galloway. I do. I don't like any of it. I don't like what's going on now, and I don't like what was going on then. I don't like it. I would have taken care of that if we were in high school. I would have protected you. Uh, I think I think a little bit of it is mm-hmm. um, is good, actually. I, no, I, I think you, you figure out coping mechanisms, you survive. No one should be traumatized. Yeah. But going back to this notion we talked about last week, and it's just totally blown my mind, and I'm asking parents this. At the age of 16, would you rather give your your daughter or your son a bottle of Jack, some marijuana, or would you rather have them on social media all the time? Yeah, not on social media. And I, what I don't get, Kara, what I don't get in a word, a term I want to uh, hear more in Congress is mm-hmm. age gating. Why does a 14-year-old need to be on social media? Well, the only thing is, I have to say, my son was, you know, who doesn't like all the, the friend stuff, but he watches a lot of memes. They both watch a lot of memes, funny stuff. And he showed me a whole bunch mm-hmm. of like, a lot of cooking stuff. So there's like lots of good things. It's just that, that it's just zeroed out by other things. But let's move on to other news, bad news for the news business. Traffic uh, to most sites was down relative to this time last year. Uh, this is what Trump predicted. There's no Trump bump, which I kind of fine with. So these are the 50 biggest news sites in English. Washington Post, Fox News lost more than 20% of their traffic. New York Times, BuzzFeed, Business Insider also got double-digit declines. Some sites got more traffic like WSJ.com and Yahoo Finance. But, you know, it's just, there. there is a lot of news. It just isn't crazy enragement news, I think, is what it is, is, is what's happening. I, I think there's a few, there's a few trends. One, the internet, I mean, everyone talks, complains about the two internets, the mm-hmm. the internet and then the internet behind the Great Firewall of China, mm-hmm. right? Yes. There really is, there's there's the there's three. There's the internet and then there's the internet. The majority of the West is behind a firewall and the firewall is three bricks. It's Google, Facebook, and Amazon. Mm-hmm. And slowly but surely, those companies are so dominant in terms of their share of traffic that everybody else that doesn't have you know, the capital, the skills, the search engine, the first party data, whatever it is, just is fighting over less, fewer and fewer and smaller crumbs. And in this instance, mm-hmm. it's just the ability to garner someone's attention um, online. Also, I think that there is a, a preoccupation with money and crypto right now. Uh, and mm-hmm. some of that is good. I think financial literacy at a young age is a great thing. I think that's one of the wonderful things about YouTube, quite frankly, is is developing financial literacy at a young age. And Reddit and Wall Street bets. I think there's a lot of benefit there, but we're obsessed with crypto and money, and mm-hmm. also novelty and conspiracy theory just gets a lot more play online. It does it's That's just much more interesting? Mm-hmm. And so, Washington Post and the New York Times, whatever you say about them, don't really traffic in that stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and it's boring. It's it's just not as fun, right? It's not as interesting. Right. What are your right. thoughts? You're in this business. I, I just, I, it's just, I look, people like en- enragement equals engagement. And engagement, I think it's just, yeah. there's everyone's not checking every five, I'm not checking every five seconds, right? And the news is long and slow, which we're going to get to in a minute. And it's a little harder to understand, like the infrastructure bill, et cetera, Afghanistan, whatever it is. And so I, and it's somewhat glum. And then there's climate change, like what, what, what part of California or, or et cetera is on fire or mm-hmm. being flooded. And so I think, you know, Trump is entertainment in a lot of ways. And I'm fine with that. It's just, it's just, we've got to figure out a way to improve our information diet uh, in a way that's substantive and maybe not rely on it for these, these uh, dopamine hits um, of, of whatever happens to be the crisis of the day. And that moves so quickly as we talked with Pamela Paul uh Going, going. We've got to get to the big story, but I just want to note, and I'm just going to leave it there. Tesla is now worth $1 trillion. I'm going to leave it there. Can you believe that? I'm going to leave it there. I'm just going to leave it there. Can you believe that? Hertz ordered 100,000 Teslas. So, yeah, just just crazy. Just crazy. Just leave it there. Just leave it there. Think about this with all all the supply chain. Mm -hmm. Mary Barra, the CEO of General Motors, Mm -hmm. was on CNBC uh, last night, and Mm -hmm. she was saying, that it just kept talking about supply chain issues and and mm-hmm. and the whole time I'm thinking, how on earth has Tesla figured this out? Is it because they have fewer components because they don't have That's internal a combustion? But <laughs> distinct of all the bullshit, all the excuses and supply chain, I shouldn't say bullshit, but legitimate excuses, all the automakers are claiming every time anything goes wrong. Yeah. Tesla doesn't Tesla for some reason Tesla's figured it out. Yeah. They have beat I will, they have you beat know every That's number. Good, I am going to email Elon Musk and ask him. I'm going to ask my supply chain they have, question. And I'd be, curious, I'd, I'd be curious to know how many components and moving parts there are in a Tesla, because if there's half as many, it just it 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 exponentially decreases your supply chain interruption probability. I uh, shall risk. ask. I shall ask. All right, but we have to go down to the big story. I- Our first big story, attacks on billionaires may be dead right out of the gate. Uh, Democrat Ron Wyden proposed a tax on Americans with more than $1 billion in assets who make more than $100 million for three consecutive years. Uh, The tax would target unrealized capitalist gains, which I think a lot of people were concerned about. And guess who doesn't like the plan? Billionaires, including Elon Musk, speaking of which he tweeted, eventually they run out of people's money and they come for you. I'm shocked, Kara. I'm shocked. Uh, Someone who's gotten a lot of money from the government and continues to is, is the take on him on that. Democrats want a new source of funding for the Build Back Better plan. Republicans and, and Senator Kristen Sinema won't back increases on the corporate tax rate. Joe Manchin uh, and, and Richard Neal of the Ways and Means spoke against it. This tax would apply to fewer than 800 Americans. What do you think? What do you hear? They don't want to tax rich people. I just feel really bad for Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin because, Kara, I really think they hate the attention. I just think they hate... <laughs> All this attention they're getting, Kara. I think it's really really uncomfortable for them. For what appears to be good people with fairly mediocre intellects to be the stars of the global political stage. I think they hate it. I just think they hate it. And I don't think it's influencing and encouraging them to be total obstructionists such that we'll look back and think, Mm -hmm. well, you know, the government didn't do its job because a bunch of narcissists decided that it was their time to get their 15 seconds of fame. I just, I feel bad for them. I okay. feel bad for them. Anyways. <laughs> In other words, they're fatuous poppin' jays, as I like to call people, yeah. But this is this is really interesting, and that is it tries to go at the heart of something we've been talking about a while. And that is in a low interest rate environment with massive increases in equity, you can essentially explode your wealth and never pay taxes. Yeah, yeah. So this okay. attempts to get around that and says, okay, regardless of whether you trigger a tax event, if you dramatically increase 
your wealth, you should have some obligation to the Commonwealth. I think conceptually, it Nobody works. Nobody likes the that. Problem they like is, the rich, the really rich people. We fetishize them. We fetishize these people. Well, that's the problem, though, is we should absolutely... We have to make a decision here. First off, I don't. I, I understand pay as you go, but I think mm -hmm. a more responsible thing to do is to make money and then decide how you're going to spend it, as opposed to spending it and then trying to come up with ways to make it. And what this demonstrates is a couple things. One, the Biden administration is playing with a very weak hand, mm -hmm. with a narrow, with 50 senators and two that are jonesing from the camera constantly and find the way to jones for the cameras mm -hmm. to disagree with their party. They have to go to like the path of least resistance. And they're like, okay, let's tax corporations. No, they're powerful and people like them. Okay, mm -hmm. let's tax people making over $400,000 a year. No, there's too many of them. I know, let's go after Bezos and Musk. Yeah. That's what this is. This is yeah. a Bezos-Musk tax. Yeah. There are basically 10 people that would pay 50% well, it, of the money it, raised it, from this. It, there's 800 people that would be affected here. Americans. Yeah, but 10 of them yep. would account for 50% yep, yep, of yep, yep. Just so, so here's so a helpful this, fact. Billionaires currently hold yep. $5 trillion worth of wealth. 3.5 trillion of it is in stocks. And Nancy Pelosi estimates the tax could raise over $200 billion spread out over 10 years. That's a lot of, that's a lot of clams. Yeah, and about, and about three of that 5 trillion mm -hmm. has been accrued since the first infection was announced yeah. um, 18 months ago in the U.S., and you think, okay, we used to put people in jail for war, war profiteering. That's not what this is, let me be clear. But should, in a time of crisis, should our most powerful and our most fortunate be exploding their wealth? So I do think there's opportunity. So let me ask you, let me I think take it's the other side. Take their side. So one writer compared it to taking chips uh, from a gambler before they've cashed out. Is, is, is that a fair comparison? Is it more like property tax that homeowners pay every year? Take the other side. Take the Elon Musk side for a second. Be, be smart, Scott Galloway, in that regard. Well, this is class warfare. You're basically targeting a small number of individuals, to be fair. You have a situation where that's going to discourage holding on to stock, potentially, uh, because you're, you're taxed on it. I, I personally think the best argument against this, and mm -hmm. no one's talking about this, mm -hmm. these are the most mobile people in the world. Mm -hmm. um, when France tried to institute a wealth tax, the yep. wealthiest man in Europe, Bernard Arnault, moved to Belgium. Yeah, moved. And... Belgium. I, 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 when you when you have a tax that is this what I call targeted, in some we have a, a big. This should catalyze a bigger discussion, and that is if we want to be a state that has a larger government plays a larger role in the in the health and well being of people who aren't doing as well. And I'm in favor of that. And you call okay, call me a socialist, call me Northern European. Mm -hmm. But everybody has to pay for it. And what does that mean? It means billionaires need to pay a lot more. I'm actually more in favor of a wealth tax across everybody that makes more than $400,000. But when you're literally backed into a corner where you're like, okay, let's find the most unpopular 10 people and develop a tax around them, yeah. I think it's. I don't think it survives. I don't think it endures. Yeah. Because those 10 people can figure out a way around yeah. it. Yeah. So what do we awesome. do? How do we raise the money? Oh, you know what we do, Kara? What? We do, I'm okay. asking you this. A, Okay, so is it corporate taxes? Is it an increase in tax rates for people making over four hundred grand? Mm -hmm. Is it a potentially, you know, additional uh, uh, an alternative minimum tax for corporations because everyone from FedEx to Nike didn't pay any taxes? The answer is yes, all of the above. Taxes across every cohort, mm -hmm. except for the lower and middle class, their taxes have mm -hmm. actually stayed the same. 
have gone down. It is time to have it is we got to start managing our house more responsibly. Yeah. So I think That's it's all mansions of mansions argument. But I think when you go That's at, mansions but argument. But I think when you What's that? That's one of mansions arguments, but go ahead. But I think when you target essentially what is a group of billionaires and also it, it it's a weird there's some unintended consequences here. If you're one of the Waltons Mm-hmm. Or if you're someone who's already paid taxes on your wealth and you're just wealthy, you don't get taxed. Mm-hmm. It's really what it is. It's about the people who've made a ton yeah. of, uh, yeah. have amassed incredible wealth in the last three to five years. So it just feels like Biden said, okay, who are the least popular people in the world that I can cram this through my narrow margin? And like, okay, let's go after Bezos and Musk. So but should sadly, they pay it's more not taxes? going to happen to them. They'll get to keep their giant sums of money and, and I agree. I don't it. think it's going to go through. Yeah, I think it's this is tenuous. To. Yes, tenuous. I think it's tenuous. What do you think? I, you know, I just think they, the, people do not want to tax really rich people. They just don't. And there's always someone in yeah. the way in Congress. And it says it's anti-business, this and that. So whenever business gets a poke in the side, they get out of it. That's what, that's what happens. So I don't know. I don't know. I, you're right. We're going to have to do it through conservation the same way. We probably have to do it with climate change, right? You can't, people Eliminate gonna, capital gains. Everyone yeah. pays regular, everyone pays ordinary income. Yeah. Eliminate they, capital they gains. That. Yeah, that's a big Restore one. Well, let's go back to the future. Taxes in the 80s. There was no capital gains and ordinary income. Yep. There was just capital. There was just income gains. Income. So let's, let's, let's take corporate tax rates back to the oppressive rates they were pre-Trump. Well, it's sort of very NIMBY, still doing right? Really well. If it's in my area, no. If it's in their area, yes. And so that's why, that's why they lose in this case. Um, so anyway, just probably less government is what's going to happen. That's not true. Bigger deficits. Uh, that's true. Bigger be. deficits. You're right. Correct. The Democrats and Republicans both agree on big government. That's right. We are You're a big right. government state now. We It'll are be bigger deficits. Big deficits. All right, Scott, let's go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Google's third quarter results and take a listener mail question. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from Atlassian. One of our customers who produces pizza at a very large scale all across the world. Believe it or not, they use AI to review the quality of the pizzas that are created. That goes through a workflow that scans the images of the pizzas and makes sure they visually look like what they should. So it's pretty cool. That's Sharif Mansour, Atlassian's head of AI. Sharif thinks there's a lot for companies to be excited about on the AI-generated horizon, spanning everything from making pizza to producing podcasts like the one you're listening to now. There'll be far more jobs created on the other side of this revolution. Instead of a world of less, Sharif envisions an AI-powered world of more. In everyone's day job, they're moving from doing the thing to often being an architect of the thing. It unleashes the potential of every human. And I think we can go from a world where few people have access to a high level of intelligence to a lot more people having access to this information. AI is really giving everyone on the planet more resources to do great things. And I'm very optimistic about that opportunity that lies ahead. Transform teamwork with the power of AI-human collaboration. Start using Atlassian intelligence for your Atlassian products like Jira and Confluence now. Learn more at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. 
With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Scott, we're back with our second big story. Big Tech's quarterly results were so strong, they're propping up the NASDAQ. Alphabet beat estimates, thanks in part to digital ad spending. Alphabet's advertising brought in over $53 billion. You had talked about this going down, but this was a nice result. Uh, YouTube's ad revenue went up to over $7 billion. Microsoft also beat estimates with heavy growth in its cloud services. Not a surprise given the pandemic and people using, availing themselves to these things. Um, Apple's privacy uh, and advertising changes hit Snap, but not so much Google. So uh, what, what, what thinks you of these, Mr. Stock Market? I mean, this is a blowout quarter for Google. I, th- I think YouTube could be spun and be worth a trillion dollars on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to have first-party data. I think the Facebook results— right. Say, Explain first-party so- data to people so they, don't, they understand. Well, when you when you have data from people on their email, on their search, uh, on YouTube, and you can build a digital corpus that's constructed of different different types of flesh or different types of data caught from different areas, and you can mm-hmm. central, centralize it all, you have first-party data to create basically a digital corpus of somebody such mm-hmm. that you can more accurately serve ads and you get higher price premiums. Okay. And in the case of Google, they're not only the marketplace – but they're the buyer and the seller. Right. And from an antitrust perspective, well, an anti-competitive perspective. The DOJ could file another antitrust suit against Google for its Google advertising is, Google, practices. Google legally is the most guilty of what you would call anti-competitive yeah. behavior. Yeah, I agree. Um, but their quarter was blowing. What's interesting is I actually think the most interesting thing was Facebook uh, barely, slightly missed on revenues, slightly beat on EPS. Mm-hmm. And here's what I think is going on. And right. I have no, I, I don't, I don't have evidence of this, and no one will because they hide the ball. Every quarter, Facebook has to delete tens of millions of accounts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they've deleted like a billion fake accounts. Mm-hmm. If I were in the midst of a shitstorm like this where the analysts were starting to say, okay, it's Apple's new privacy um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, new privacy tactics or basically giving people the, the ability to opt out on iOS, everyone's looking for evidence of that in the earnings call. Yes, And so maybe I say to the CFO or the CIO, you know what, don't clear out, don't delete as many fake accounts mm-hmm. this month, which will give us another 100 million accounts and more inventory and more revenues just such that we can beat. And if you look at Facebook's numbers, they usually beat like crazy. Yeah, they did. So I That's thought true. the Facebook earnings were somewhat, I don't know if, it, I wouldn't call them bad, mm-hmm. but I really wonder if in fact this is beginning to take a toll on Facebook, but Google's data points are more diverse and more robust. And yeah. Google, I mean, it's just an incredibly well-run company firing on all cylinders right and now. And it's not getting a scrutiny as it should. I think I think the press should 100%. move their scrutiny to YouTube and Google. And 100%. I think I think the government certainly will. They haven't forgotten it. You know, they just have a perfect villain in Mark Zuckerberg. And, and we, we, we fall That's prey exactly to that, too. Exactly right. Um, and Sundar's exactly lovely, right. and it's kind of amorphous, and the founders are gone. You know, and I think it's interesting. Um and uh, what was interesting is Shopify missed estimates. That was interesting. That's interesting. I didn't see that. Yeah. That's interesting. Shopify yeah, we'll talk about missed. that. We'll talk about oh, that. Oh, by already. the way, you know who got public yesterday? Who? I predicted they would not get public, who? and oh, they did. Oh, Rent the Runway. Rent the Runway. There it is. We'll see yeah, how it stock, goes. Yeah. Stock off 10%, so it's already one of the lesser performing IPOs, but congratulations to them. They got public. Right. At okay. A, I mean, get this. A $1.6 billion market cap. They have 100,000 mm-hmm. active users. Yeah, that's that is That is, I think... About 60, oh shit, what is that? 
I should know this. 100,000 times 1,000 is 100 million, 16,000. A lot of money per user is what yes. this thing is being yeah. valued at. Yeah. And I, I just don't. Anyways, yeah, but can, I, I, I need to put, put my anger put aside. Congratulations yes. to Rent the Runway and the founders. Yes. They're both impressive women. Yeah. And they got out. And you can't get them all right. For them. Tesla, trillion. Shh, don't say anything. You know something? I feel a heaviness <laughs> in your you. soul right now. <laughs> I feel a darkness. That's because you're in LA you? and I'm here in DC. I'm not. I'm here. Oh my God, the dog is awesome in Los Angeles. Yeah, I wish I was in Los Angeles Hola. right now. I Hola. Wish I, was. I wish I was. Oh, wait, you were acting didn't work out and now modeling isn't working? That's right. a great idea. You okay. should write. Yeah. You should you write. You should be a model, Scott. All right, you let's should. pivot Hello. to a listener question and stop with the LA, LA dreaming. You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you, you've got mail. Hi, Karen Scott. My name is Jim Guilfoyle. I'm a certified financial planner in Orange County, California. Hey, my question is regarding your concerns about the amount of uh, information big tech has on us personally. What do you think would be the impact when big tech decides to aim their guns at retail financial services? Think about it, Google and Amazon in particular, the amount of data and information they know. What do you think that would do? occur and, and what sort of disruptive impact you think that would have and do and lastly do you think that even uh, is on their horizon hey thanks love your show so yes it, let, let me just it is jim it's it they, you know they can't buy anything right now that's the one thing and financial services companies are really uh being very creative and doing really well now as scott has pointed out dozens of times um i think that that these big companies aren't into it as much although facebook does have a guy who's very quiet david marcus who's worked on their Libra or whatever you call it, and then uh, who's running all their F2. It's called Facebook Financials, I guess, or Financial. Um, And so I think they're sort of moving in all kinds of things. They have a digital currency wallet, um, but they can't buy a lot, right? Uh, I would think Amazon would be be the one that is that would probably create products most effectively uh, going forward. But at this point, they can't buy all the more interesting efforts going on. Scott? Yeah, this is really, I, I would say if there's one, I don't want, I mean, big tech never misses anything, but I'd say if there's one area they probably think we should have invested more is in fintech. Because I don't think anyone anticipated, just like Apple probably mm-hmm. wishes it had continued with their car program, not recognizing the car market was about to become a trillion dollar market capitalization market. I think that, um, and, and I, th- I think they did not get into banking as aggressively as some of these startups for a couple reasons. One, they all know Jamie Dimon. And what I mean by that is they're all very yep. close with the big banks because they use them for constant capital raises. They speak at their conferences. Um, and and also the regulatory environment. I think that the general consensus was, do we really want to start competing with Jamie Dimon? It's a regulatory you know, snake, uh, whatever you call uh, you know, it's a clusterfuck. We don't want to go there. And so what happened, a bunch of players came in and started, it's the text case, the textbook case of disruption. The fintech guys came in and served the communities that banks were ignoring, the unbanked, uh, remissions payments, the small retailers. And now they're bigger. And now these companies you know, PayPal Young 250 billion, Square 120 billion, Stripe is supposedly going out at 200 billion. And I think that mm-hmm. big tech looks at it and thinks, we had the interface, we could have gotten into this, we mm-hmm. should have, we should have done it. We should have done it. We can't buy it. Well, that that's exactly right. And that's the point. A lot of people make the point that antitrust isn't what actually changes behavior. It's the threat mm-hmm. of antitrust that changes behavior. 
Right. That would that would put them right in right into the crosshairs. They're already in the crosshairs, but you know the 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 Consumer uh, Financial Protection Bureau is looking into how tech giants use consumers' financial mm-hmm. data. They're really not in it. Amazon is the one you could see making things, and they haven't really been as active because I have a I have a financial relationship with Amazon in a way I don't with Google. I don't use Facebook at all. But I, you know I don't have any financial relationship with Twitter. And your idea that Square buy it is really interesting. Um, I wouldn't mind necessarily having a financial relationship with Twitter, but I don't. Um, but Amazon is the one I have the most, you know, and they're, they're, they issue small business loans to its sellers and they have those kind of programs. No industry drives on trust more than banking. I mean, it's yeah. not real estate. It's not personnel. It's like you have to trust that when you press a button and wire money, you have to trust that when you deposit money somewhere. What would it take for you to move? I was just thinking your giant sums of money, Scott, what would it take for you to move it to a tech giant? Never, never would be my answer. And Amazon, if I had to pick one, would be where I would. Well, that's exactly right. Because the most trusted brand in the world right now is Amazon. Yeah. And like, like you said, they're kind of already in the business of giving you something in exchange for money. Whereas media companies, you give them your attention and they pelt you with opioid-induced constipation ads mm-hmm. or convince you that you should check out this extreme dieting site because we've noticed you're five foot six, 105 mm-hmm. pounds and 15. Yeah. So you're used to giving, you're used to an exchange of currency and value with okay. Amazon, which puts them closer to the financial services realm, and they're very and they're incredibly trusted. They haven't been subject to any like n- enormous hack. Do you really want to trust Mark Zuckerberg with your money and the no. economy? So, although you know, I have to say, I, some of Amazon stuff, you know, they they they're accused of of, of uh, interest rates too high to the small business loans to its sellers. Mm-hmm. There's a great piece in the New York Times this week by Jody Cantor and others about how they screwed up their HR system and people got thrown mm-hmm. out of work. We talked about that. So they're not, you know, they've got their they they've been focused far too much on consumers. But I I still would be like mm, not giving them my money, uh, not my healthcare stuff. I think I would be very like, mm, 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 mm. just like with Facebook and dating. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, no, not that I'm dating, but nonetheless. You know, I have you. I have Apple Pay because of you. Do you remember this? That's right. That's right. See, but I have a relationship with Apple. Apple, I would. Apple, I would. Yeah. I wouldn't I necessarily have Bank of great. Apple. I don't think yeah. I would use Bank of Apple. I think that's Do the Do you use link. Apple Pay? Yes, all the time. Every it's, day. It's great. It's easy, Every it's single day. Every. I would use, if I had a Google one, I'd use that. Maybe I wouldn't. That's interesting. But right now, these financial service companies, uh, uh, that these these uh, digital ones, are doing great, uh, like Square and Stripe and others. And they don't need they don't need no stinking bigger tech companies to help them. So send us more if you got a question you're curious about. Go to nymag.com/pivot and submit it for the show. Scott, we're going to take one more quick break, and we'll be back. This better be a good prediction. I would like a very good mm-hmm. prediction from you. Okay, I'm on it. Okay, Scott, give us a City of Angels prediction. That means it's got to be sunny, bright, and forward-looking. I know who 2021's Person of the Year is, Kara. How? Mm, I, I just know. Well, tell us. I also know who a future Nobel Prize, it's the same person who's going to win the Nobel Peace Prize. What? They already did. Mm, I'm talking about the future. 2021's Person of the Year. Yeah. And future Nobel Peace Prize winner. Who? Francis Haugen. Oh, really? Francis Haugen is absolutely going to be person of the year. And I think there's a chance she'll get the Peace Prize. If you think about what's happened the last 10 years, Kara, you, both the people on this podcast. I should get it then. 
House subcommittee chairs, co-chairs, the media. Shouldn't Kara Swisher get it? Investors, media people. We have all been railing against big tech, and we are a case study in contrast with Ms. Halligan on the difference between being right and being effective. She has put on a masterclass. Look at Facebook right now. Facebook, mm-hmm. for their first time, yeah. is flat-footed and has no mm-hmm. fucking idea what to do. Yeah. They're like, okay, she is out of central casting to do this. The, let me get this. A woman from Iowa that's the daughter of professors with a computer science degree mm. who likes tech. Yeah. She, it's, it's as if we could recreate Edward Snowden and make him a lot more effective. And she didn't uh-huh. peace out to Beijing or Moscow. She went to D.C., and yeah. said, I'm going to attack this problem head on. All right. Okay. All right. I, that's been, fascinating. The that's rollout, interesting. Yeah. The rollout here, 17 articles, branded the Facebook papers. Then on 60 Minutes, she has a website and now is coordinating all of these media companies and dictating who gets to write what and when. All right. I like this. It's interesting. It's creative. Okay. I like it. Okay. All right. We have been fighting this company. We have been fighting their panzer tanks on horseback. And she showed up. <laughs> she showed up. With a fucking neutron bomb. It does fit in. I mean, Mark Mark Benioff has been a real critic of Facebook. So you could see, I don't know if he has how much influence he has, even though he owns the thing on the selection. But that's interesting. No one. We have all, we have all, we all showed up with squirt guns to a gunfight. She has shown up with a howitzer. She's going to be Times Person of the Year in 2021. And she's got a pretty good shot for winning the Nobel Peace Prize. All right, she okay. is gonna... uh, that's a big one. All right, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to let you go there. I don't think the second is true. I think the first is a, is a distinct possibility. She, she is going to do for us and for society mm-hmm. what all of us have been bitching and moaning about what for 10 bitching years. Bitching and, and moaning? Made... We've been doing the work, Scott, and sitting there with my little what? spoon, digging well, away. Uh, Come on. What have we that's actually true. gotten accomplished? We have called it, you know what? Interviews, that interview, where we're, uh, it, it, it's a drip, drip, drip. I don't think, I think we have done, I, I the best feel like we, I've done The best work. we have done is we've provided, provided cloud cover for her. Well, this has I'm just been saying, we, we, have, we have identified the problem, so did Maria Ressa, early and often. And I think that's really, a, a, I think, okay, there's a whole uh, bunch my, of people. We, we, we pat ourselves enough on the back. I'm not this, patting this, myself on this, the back. I think in this, this woman, case, it's this, Ms. Halligan has come in and schooled. Yeah. Literally schooled Congress, media, Although, you know, pundits. Can I, just, can I just say there's a really interesting column that Casey Newton did about how some some insides say the reading of the comments by insiders are out of yeah. context. It's like looking at anybody's Slack. Like, what do they know? But it I was read an that interesting. Too. Yeah, that this isn't research and documents presented to yeah. management. These are comments on their internal Slack. Yeah, those. Yeah. Okay, fine. But I think people yeah. inside do know a lot more than they often have a native idea of what's happening there. Anyway, I like this. Okay, all right. Times all right. person of the year, right. 2021, okay. person right. of the year. Okay, Francis Scott, Howard. that's a big prediction. And that is the show. We'll be back on Tuesday for more. Uh, and we will discuss lots of things, including uh, uh, including uh, Tesla and Rent the Runway and some of these other things. Um, we're going we're gonna to circle back on those things. Scott, read us out. Today's show is produced by Lara Naiman, Evan Engel, and Taylor Griffin. Thanks also to Drew Burrows. Any Andrew Todd engineered this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or, frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back Tuesday for another breakdown of all things tech and business. Come to the City of Angels. See the dog in his Porsche. He's thinking about getting into modeling. He's thinking about acting. Or he might write all our good ideas. All our good ideas. Los Angeles.
Support for the show comes from Atlassian. Whether you're exploring space, making pizza, or producing a podcast like this one here, chances are your team is marching into the AI-generated horizon. Atlassian Intelligence is unleashing a new era of teamwork. You can use Atlassian's AI-powered products for everything from brainstorming ideas to finding information to summarizing huge documents, all by using normal, everyday language. Atlassian AI-powered software like Jira and Confluence help teams accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. Learn how you can transform teamwork with the power of AI at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. 